0: Welcome to the Love Rising Podcast. Our intention with this podcast is to record thought-provoking and empowering conversations with leading experts in the fields of nutrition, movement, mental and emotional health, and spiritual connection. And we're your hosts, Kylie and Clara.
1: In the professional realm, Clara is a nutrition therapy practitioner, voice dialogue therapist, and essential oil educator. Clara also loves deep conversations about psychology, sales and marketing, singing in her husband's band, and traveling. Random fact, Clara and her husband's band name is The Meat Sweats.
0: That's right, <laughs> look look for our first LP. In the professional realm, Kylie is a certified transformational nutrition coach and personal trainer. In the less professional realm, you can find her traveling with her hubby and fur baby in their sprinter band, hashtag Adventures. Random fact, Kylie tried out for the Chargers cheer team and made it from 300 down to 100. hi everybody welcome to the love rising podcast we are back this is our first episode back from our kind of year-end break and i think both kylie and i are really excited we've missed it i have missed it um and we're excited for our guest martel who is a speaker writer co-founder and executive director of the nonprofit beyond my battle she is known for using her story to help others find acceptance and self-love when living with a chronic illness or disability, and um, I found Martell actually through a sen- an essential oil connection. She was kind of looking for resources for her, her nonprofit and had some questions about them, and then I was like, you're awesome. Let's get you on the podcast, because I think you have a really unique story and, 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 um, and work to share, so I'm really excited to hear from you, Martell. So, what is your story how did you get here in your own words
2: wow well first of all thanks for having me on it's super exciting because i you know i felt the same way about meeting you at first i was like you're super cool let's be friends (laughs) um so yeah my my story is a little different um i am actually someone living with not only a chronic illness myself but um, a disability as well i have a rare genetic disease called retinitis pigmentosa. And it's a genetic eye disease that um, essentially slowly eats away at the rosinier retina um, and eventually leads to legal blindness. So I am losing my vision to this rare disease. And um, I spent the majority, I wouldn't say the majority of my life, but I spent like up until a few years ago. So yeah, the majority of my life, um, really in a state of depression and anxiety, disassociation from my condition. And I um, lived that way for a long time. It caused a lot of issues in my physical body in addition to losing my vision um, just from having this chronic stress. And I wasn't really connecting the dots for so long. Um, but when I did start to connect the dots, I, um, I it, was, it was amazing, but it was also like super emotional painful at times but um that was through you know diving into studying yoga and mindfulness um and all of these great tools that i had never really heard of that allowed me to not change my circumstance at all because i am still um have this chronic illness and have this disability but really allowed me to reshape the way that i see myself and see the world and um you know, long story short, I went on to um, co found a nonprofit that I'm now the executive director of. We will be one year old next month in February of 2019, and that nonprofit is, as you mentioned, called Beyond My Battle. We offer um, support and educational resources to any individual living with any kind of illness or disability on how to manage and reduce their emotional stress.
0: Yeah, beautiful. So important. And I think I think the thing that interests me, I guess, or is like where I kind of am curious about chronic illness is it's something that, you know, on this podcast and like in my work, I talk a lot about preventable disease like, you know, people living with diseases that they can heal from through diet and lifestyle and tools and stuff like that but the disease or the imbalances that you're talking about and deal with are not like that. Um, And so there's something so powerful about being required to experience something that is, you know, out of your control, you know, totally out of, totally out of your control. And like how, you know, I think that that is what is partly unique about a chronic illness. So like, how do you how do you view that and how has that come up and like how do you walk people through having something like that or finding out that they have something like that
1: yeah
2: yeah um so chronic illness is sort of a vague term to begin with because it's sort of like you can have a chronic illness and it doesn't mean that it's an incurable illness Um, and beyond my battle we work with those people too because we know that that's incredibly stressful, even if it's something like, um, you know, we you see a lot of people who have Lyme's disease and get over Lyme disease, even though I think t- Lyme's, you know, technically does stay in your body forever. But um, whatever it is that you're dealing with, even if it's curable, it's stressful, but it is especially stressful when you find out that you have something that is totally, like you said, out of your hands. And I talk about that a lot. Um, in my own personal work um, with speaking and with writing, um, how to, um, you know, kind of reshape the the cards that you're dealt by the universe. And, you know, I was dealt these cards genetically, like the genetic gods were just like, you are going to have these genes and you are not going to be able to see the same as everyone else. And um, for a while, I just sort of push that aside. And, you know, even my family's amazing, but we didn't really acknowledge it, that I have growing up partially, you know, this is a whole nother story, but when you're in your teens, it is important in your childhood, it is important to live in normal childhood and have normal teenage years. And I, I did do that. Um, but we definitely didn't talk about it that much. There was definitely a sense of disassociation, a sense of denial going on. And, you know, I like to, to, to say this a lot. It's like, when you repro you you know, when you repress something, when you you stuff it down inside of you and you don't address it, it becomes stagnant energy and stagnant energy leads to disease and disease in in not only in your body, but often just dis-ease in your mind. So that was what was going on for me. And I know now that it goes on for so many other people living with conditions that are, um, you know, out of their control. And it's a unique form of stress. It's something that is a constant worry. It's it's that total uncertainty over the future what it's gonna what it's gonna look like even more so we all have uncertainty over the future. no one knows what tomorrow holds anything can happen in any moment but you know when you're told that your health is really compromised, you might lose your vision in however long you may have a shortened life expectancy you may have pain the rest of your life what imagining the future becomes that much more stressful, that much more anxiety comes on and um, often is associated with depression. A lot of um, negative biases form and you can't really you know, see any positive in any situation and that negative bias can take over your life. It can make nothing become enjoyable anymore. And I was definitely in that place and I now know um, how, how, how prevalent that is, how many people are dealing with that exact same thing with chronic illness.
1: So when we talk, when we this is this is so fascinating, and I just am so inspired by you, and I just can't help but wonder, you know, when we talk about acceptance, is that something that I feel like maybe that's the only way to kind of disconnect from the depression? But when you are facing something like this, do you ever truly find acceptance? Is or is it something that kind of always lingers and? You can put on kind of a good face, but what is kind of it to deal with and to find acceptance around something like this?
2: That's a great question. Um, I think as with anything in life that is, you know, self-development-wise, it's always a journey, it's always an ongoing um work in progress. And I would love to say that like there is a hundred percent acceptance. Um and you know, I I have accepted my disease and um, I, I I do think that I have for the most part, but everyone is always working on on acceptance, including myself and including so many inspiring other people that I've met with chronic illness. But you know, we're always going to have triggers, and I, I share this as one of my triggers. It's been coming up a lot for me recently, so I'll just share it: is that like um, with my with my vision, I have, um, very limited peripheral vision and no peripheral vision in the lower portion of my visual field. So I trip on things a lot. And one of the things that I trip on often are like small children. So I, when that happens, I am triggered to become sad because I go into a a mind spiral of like, should I be a mother? Am I going to be a bad mother? All of these thoughts that like, those are my triggers for someone with a different chronic illness. It may be, um, totally different. I can't even think of what it might be for them because everyone has their own situation and situ- and situational triggers. But um, what I can say with regard to acceptance is that in those moments, what I've been able to do through my mindfulness practice, through my, um, I'll even say like my spiritual journey has been to slow down the, the response time that triggers um that triggers you know lead to it, it would have been like crying in that moment in the past like bursting into tears when you step on a child and they start to cry but now it's you know time has slowed down because I am more mindful. I have these tools in my life and um I I can take a few deep breaths and be like this is my situation and what am I going to do with it? I'm going to you know apologize and move on and know that everything is exactly the way it should be. And yeah, so I don't know if it's acceptance, acceptance, like a hundred percent, we are always, every person on earth has probably got something that they're like struggling with accepting, whether it's an illness or just like (laughs) a family situation, a body part, whatever it is for you. But um, yeah, I think it is important to say that we can move towards acceptance through living more mindfully and, you know, creating more time, creating more space in every moment.
1: I'm so glad that you brought up triggers and, and how mindfulness really can help you to just like you said, slow down the moment and, and recognize those triggers, even if you don't find full acceptance, because we're always going to have something to deal with. And so I'm so glad that you brought up triggers and, and, you know, everybody deals with triggers. And so that's such a valid point. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that like that mindfulness is the space between the stimulus and the reaction, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's like what a lot of personal growth is all about. It's like, can we create more time? Can we create more space in the time that the stimulus happens and then the reaction happens? Um, And then something else I was listening to yesterday, the person said um, awareness deconditions, like awareness deconditions. So if it's a trigger, it deconditions that trigger. If you're just aware, like just bringing awareness is like, Oh yeah, this is what happens. And this is a spiral I go down. And, and, um, and is it serving me? It's not, is it true? Is it not true? It's like, does it serve me to think that
2: way? And yeah, I guess also, is it true? You know? Um, I would say more than acceptance is awareness, and and anyone can move towards awareness and greater awareness of who they are. Um, yeah, and that is that's exactly what it's all about. It, but it's hard, you know, becoming more self aware is is a beautiful experience, but it's a it's a painful experience, especially if you're living with something that is you know, maybe stigmatized like a chronic illness or, or I mean, I would even argue if, if you've gone through trauma trauma in your life and, and you know, the stigmas around that and becoming more and more aware of how you feel and what makes you feel a certain way and why do I feel this way? And asking yourself those deep questions and really going there, um, it's painful. And it's, you know, a lot of the work that I do now is not only with individuals who have Illnesses and disabilities, but with their loved ones, their parents, their caretakers, because that's insanely hard to go there too. It's it's like seeing someone you love suffer in such a way is um, that's hard to accept, and that's hard to become aware, self-aware around as well.
0: I would love to know the
2: the statistics
0: just around chronic illness to kind of yeah yeah.
2: Well, it's like it's a little difficult to say because chronic illnesses are classified in different ways, like how long they last and whatnot. But um, uh, they say that like half of adults um, have chronic health conditions. So whether it's now or at some point in your life, you know, you or someone, you know, that you know, because it's half (laughs) will have some kind of chronic illness. Um, And one in every five people, they say, have a disability again that could be a disability that you're born with it could be a disability that you acquire um, through an accident or anything but um, yeah it's it's pretty big numbers <laughs> huge numbers and and what do you think like the main
0: I guess stigma or or um, misconceptions because those are big numbers and that means that I think I guess even in like watching my mind and like my just assumptions mm-hmm. about disability mm-hmm. like those numbers are really big to me and it's like oh like that's that's something that is that that could create a stigma right Just not Perfect. knowing how prevalent it is <laughs> um, right. um, And so I would yeah just be interested to hear like what are the main stigmas what are the main what are the main things that like even you know relatively aware people, could do better like to accept and
2: (laughs) that's a really good question um i would say that the biggest stigma is that like um you know we i think people with chronic illnesses myself and my co-founder of yeah my battle we talk about this one a lot is when we tell people what we have people are automatically like oh i'm so sorry and that's a huge stigma is that you need to feel bad for someone with a chronic illness. And, and the truth of the matter is, there's nothing to be sorry for. It's not your fault and it's nobody's fault. And no one should be sorry. It's just the way that it is. So um, I would say to the average person, you know, the next time someone tells you about their chronic health condition, um, uh, not to say I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, one thing that uh, you know, I, I always write people are, then will say like, what do I say? How can I talk to someone who has a chronic illness and how can I relate to them? And one of the big thing is just acknowledging that sometimes you can't. Um, I've had to go through this with my parents. I'm, I'm really, really lucky. My mom is a psychologist, so I've been really blessed to um, have these conversations really openly in my household. And I totally acknowledge that a lot of people feel as though they can't, or maybe they can't because there is, um, just not the same um, kind of open level of psychological conversation going on, but um, what we can work to say and how we can work to talk to people who are expressing their discomfort or their um, struggles with their illness or with their disability is actually telling someone, I have no idea what you're experiencing right now. I, I don't know what it's like to go through what you can go through, but I'm here to support you. I'm here to listen to you. And I would love." For you to explain more what it's like beautiful yeah that's
0: great and and it's um it's funny i was my sister-in-law actually has the same rare genetic disease that you do which is crazy um that's another like weird connection when you're like that's so random but um because it is very rare and um but she not related to the disease at all. She's very much like um, a, a Montessori teacher. And she t- the way that you talk to my niece and nephew is like very important. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's always like, it's not, you know, they fall down, it's not like, you're okay, you're okay. It's like, you fell down, that hurts. You know, if they're crying or like, you're crying, I see you're crying. Like just stating like what's going on is actually sometimes the best way to communicate in a way that doesn't shame people and doesn't, um, you know, make them feel like it's bad or, you know, like the, I'm sorry is not with bad intentions, but we have to be like, hold ourselves to a higher standard as far as like, how do we, yeah, what are we perpetuating, you know, with our language? So I love that.
2: Yeah. Acknowledging, yeah, acknowledging it, but not from a place of apology, acknowledging it and saying, wow, that must be really difficult for you. And that will make someone feel like you hear them instead yeah. of that yeah. you um, just have sympathy for them. Yeah, or like pity or something. Yeah. Right. Pity is a huge stigma, definitely.
0: I would just love to know what you feel like the gift that this chronic, chronic illness, genetic disease has given you.
2: Yeah, I know. It's it's really wild to even think of it as a gift. And I struggled with like writing about, you know, seeing my disease as a blessing for a while because I was like, am I going to strike some chords or people who have um, retinitis pigmentosa going to read this or listen to this and be like, how dare you call this a blessing? But for me, I really, I really do believe it is. Um, I believe it's part of my um my calling and my purpose uh, is to have this. Um, in Sanskrit, we um, I'm a yoga teacher by I'm not actually teaching these days, but I've gone through a lot of yoga training. And so in, in Sanskrit and in yoga practice, we often call that um, your Dharma. And I feel like my Dharma has been to talk about my condition, to start this nonprofit and to, you know, share the tools of stress management and the importance of stress management for the chronic illness community. Um, And, you know, I feel like in a sense, losing my sight has given me more vision. It's allowed me to go deeper within myself, probably in ways that I wouldn't have done if I wasn't losing my vision. I was really at a rock bottom place emotionally and had to, had to change. I was, my relationships in my life were all really you know, falling apart. Um, My body was, you know, an absolute mess in other ways. And um, I was just often creating problems in any way, shape or form that I could as a distraction from the problem of going blind, which is one that I can't fix. So it was like way easier for me to create all these other problems. So my life is just full of problems. And um, I will say that acknowledging my disease finally, which I wasn't doing at that time, really was a gift to me because it, you know, launched me on a, I'll call it just a spiritual journey that I would not have, have, um, I mean, I don't think that I would have gone on otherwise. Um, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe I would have studied yoga. Who's to say, but, um, I definitely wouldn't have started this organization and I I definitely wouldn't be talking about chronic illness, um, the way that I the way that I am. So, you know, starting this organization has brought me so much joy and it's helped so many people already in its infancy that um I will I will call it a gift and I I would call it a blessing and I'm grateful for it.
1: I think that's so beautiful.
2: We're
0: interrupting this amazing conversation briefly to let you know that on our website LoverisingPodcast.com you can download our free rise guide. The Rise Guide lays out two practices for your rising as well as gives you a sweet visualization. Let the love rise up.
1: What I would love for you to share with our audience is when you talk about acknowledging um, your chronic illness and um, and finding some light in that, Mm -hmm. what are, I mean, you know, it's definitely, I would imagine, easier said than done. And so what are some action steps that people can do to actually start to move in that direction, you know, is I would imagine like finding a community, um, but you know, and, and also just the importance of allowing yourself to, to address the, the sadness and to address like, and be okay with that and acknowledge that it's there. Um, I'm kind of getting off, off topic now, but using your mindfulness there as well, I would imagine is important.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, addressing, like you just said, I don't think you're getting off topic because that's the first thing I would say is, is to address what you're dealing with. Um, and if you don't do that, you're, you're not going to, you know, like you could eat all the vegetables and do all the yoga in the world and, um, <laughs> live really healthy. And, and if you're not addressing your, your problems in life, whatever they are, um, you're not really, you're not really going there. You're not really going to be On that health and wellness journey and and really healing yourself from whatever is probably your root, your root problem. Um, And, um, you know, but backtracking to what you asked about what can one do in this in this situation, you mentioned community. Um, the Beyond My Battle, the nonprofit that I started actually started as a community. We started as a support group online on Facebook, and we still exist there as a private group. And uh, the reason we did that was because my co founder and I realized something really important, which was that um, there's a lot of communities around chronic illness. Like any disease, any kind of condition you can imagine has its own group or multiple groups associated with it. And what we had witnessed having two very, very different conditions ourselves um, was that these spaces can often be really negative and they can often just kind of like greed, venting and commiseration and complaining and honestly they can be pretty scary if you're someone living with a condition to go into these spaces and and um, just natural human nature is to compare yourself to others. I mean you know. And you see people who are not much older than you. For me, it was like seeing people not much older than me who were totally blind. And I would, you know, leave these groups crying and leave these groups way more stressed out than I was when I got there. So um, my co-founder Nell and I, you know, she had experienced the same thing, and she, we were like, why don't we just start a group that's like not about what you have, and anybody can join it, and we're not going to talk about negative stuff. And when negative stuff comes up, we're going to kind of redirect that conversation to be more mindful and more positive. So we did that and we found out that there were a lot of people just like us um, who were like sick of the negativity of single illness groups. And um, so that's one of Beyond My Battle's like key components really is is that diversity element of, of it doesn't matter what you have. We're all dealing with the same stuff here. Let's just come together in positivity and Um, manage our stress because it's going to make us more sick than we already are if we don't. Um, So that's one thing, you know, definitely community is important. You know, other tools um, that I personally use, just like different self-care practices, breath work, um, meditation, of course, um, moving the body, whether it's yoga. I mean, I'm a huge um, supporter of yoga, but I, I do mix it up with other kinds of movement as well. Um, time outside. I'm, I'm sort of stating actually what's in this um, something that's on the Beyond My Battle website right now that we're calling the Emotional E-Toolkit, which has um, tools within this online hub that um, provide you with um, really basic means of reducing your stress when you're living with chronic illness or otherwise. So yeah, um, those are those are my main things. And that's really what we're pushing for this community because they're really simple and they really work.
0: I want to get into that a little bit more, like have you talk about the website and the resources that you're creating and stuff. Um, But there was something in that 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 I just want to like dig into a little bit more that it feels a little bit scary to ask about. But I also know like that's why I want to ask about it. And it's that, yeah, I could see that, you know, a chronic illness can become an identity and that identity can very much be Victim, you know, it's like I'm a victim of this disease. I'm a victim of the circumstance, and I think that it's a very like, I mean, so many people think of themselves as victims in all different sorts of. I mean, I do all the time, you know, um, and and physical ailments, disease are such easy scapegoats for victimhood, you know, and they're so tangible right? It's like, well, yeah, I'm different than everybody else. So of course, like, it's my, you know, this is my, I feel bad for me kind of. And so anyway, yeah, I'd just like to have you talk a little bit more about that, like how you see people transitioning from, because also identity gives us something. It gives us like a, like a platform to stand on. Like, you know, it can, it can feel almost comforting, even if it's not a healthy identity, you know? Um, And so there's definitely something there around like shifting from being identified with a disease to accepting the disease, but also moving and not having to be just what you are, you know, like that there's other parts of you and other things that you do. And yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a lot there. Um, There's definitely a lot there. Uh, I think, you know, we're all we're walking a very, we're walking a tightrope. We're like, walk like that fine line of when you have a chronic illness, you know, it's very important to ask for help. And and we need to continue to ask for help as um, people who have, you know, various limitations. I have mobility limitations. I need to ask for help to get around. And for a long time, I didn't do that. And I would get really angry when people would offer to take me places or, or things like that. And um, <clears throat> so I would say that there is that level of we need to identify with our condition because we need to accept it and we need to own it and um, we need to not disassociate from it. But at the same time, if you let it define you and if you let it um, kind of take over who you are and you're you're over asking for help or you're leaning too much on others and you're not maintaining a certain level of independence, um, you are sort of yeah it's hard this is a de- it's a delicate it's a delicate subject um for sure you are sort of um not doing yourself any favors uh, and and i don't know what other way to say that but um but yeah does that answer your question i mean i could talk on this for so long cuz it is really yeah. complex but um you know I, I struggle with that myself i think anyone living with a, with an illness or with a disability who has limitations and and needs to ask for help um will say the same that it's con- it's that constant battle of i mean you know i always say that my biggest battle in life is with independence is wanting independence and wanting to be able to do things by myself but also really really wanting to have people around me who are willing to help me who support me it's especially true i'll go as far as say with romantic relationships um and 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 love and and love life when living with an illness or a disability is like yeah you want someone who gives you your their space and gives you the ability and 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 will call you out on your on your crop like you can do that for yourself and you want someone like that but at the same time you want someone who is going to help you and is going to support you and always be there for you so again it's like yeah it's 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 very like it teeters on both sides so it's it's complex
0: Yeah. It's a paradox. Like every, I mean, like every truth is paradox, you know, it's like, I want, I'm perfect the way I am and I want to be better. And I am, there is a part of me that is this illness and there's also a part that's not. And so, yeah, but I just thought it was an interesting, it was great just to kind of elaborate a little bit more on it Um, and think about it in those terms. So, so yeah. So tell us about the website, tell us about the tools that you're creating for people and like how to access them, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. So, um, Beyond My Battle is is mostly based online. Our website is just beyondmybattle.org. Um, reason being that it is online is because we know, as people living with um, conditions ourselves, that. Oftentimes you can't get places to receive support or maybe your community doesn't offer support or maybe you're not emotionally ready to go out and like talk about what you're dealing with and you just need to be by yourself and learn about what to do about managing your stress. Um, or maybe you love someone who has a condition and you're caring for them and and you're not really ready to go out and talk about it or you don't have the time. So, um, we created this, this, um, digital space, um, as a hub for educational resources, as a hub for support. We, um, the first big resource that we um, created and are still creating, uh, releasing one at a time, is, is this toolkit filled with various tools, um, such as um, we, we just released one uh, last week or the week before called Nature. And it, it provides each tool, within each tool, it tells you, you know, what it is, why it's really important, and, and it hones in specifically why it's important for people with illnesses and disability. Why is it important to get outside? Why is it important to breathe? Why is it important to move or meditate for this community specifically? And then each tool ends with various um, activities that you can do, you know, sometimes are videos, sometimes there are writing prompts, Um, each tool is a little bit different in that way because they're all just very different in and of themselves. So, um, and all of these things are free and available to anyone and really applicable to anyone. The first tool that we released was called Relationship. And I would argue it is the most important tool, which was why we released it first. It's the only tool that actually divides off into two two different um, segments at the end because um, it has... exercises designed for the person who's living with a condition and then exercises separate for their loved one, because that one is just, you know, having relationships. There's two sides of every relationship. So we got a little bit more specific with that one, but if there's anything I would recommend, I mean, I was speaking at a conference last summer in in San Diego. And so, you know, I had gone through, you know, kind of like you asked earlier, what are the things that I do in my life that um, have really, helped me transform have helped me heal emotionally and have you know made me into the person i am today and um all the meditating all the yoga all the trainings that i've done you know whatever but having strong healthy supportive relationships is absolutely the most important thing you can do for yourself um you know for anyone on earth but definitely when you're living with an illness because we need help just like we discussed we definitely need help and there's no getting around that and having a support system that you trust and that makes you feel safe is, is fundamental.
0: And what are like, what are some key, I guess, um, like takeaways that people could take away f- like from the tool, you know, like that you were like, Oh yeah, that's, you know, as you're creating, you create the tools, right. Or.
2: Yeah, we do. We do with yeah. the help of, you know, we have uh, a lot of people that we work with on them. Yeah. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. So like what, I guess, I guess what's like the, a top relationship problem that people with chronic illness have, and then like, what's the solution?
2: Like, just, you know? Yeah. And again, like all these, all these issues are, are, are issues for people without chronic illnesses too. I feel like I need to keep coming back to that because Um, relationship struggles are real across the board, but I, I do, I do like to just highlight that they're so important for people with chronic illnesses. Um, but, um, I would say one thing that I get a lot in my, you know, when I'm, when I'm out in the world and people ask me, you know, what do I do about this? What do I, you know, how about this with my, with my parent or with my spouse or my child is, um you know, communicating and and how you're communicating to one another. Um, I mean, empathy is a big thing, but more even you can have empathy and still not be communicating well. So um, people will say a lot like, oh, I, you know, I told them that I was feeling this way. I told them that what they said to me made me feel weak or, you know, impaired or whatever they might be feeling. And the next question I always ask that person is like, well, how did you tell them? Because if you told them, with a tone of voice that was sharp, or if it was loud, what we know about, um, you know, the human brain is that we don't actually hear things and internalize things that are loud or angry. If you've ever seen a child and you're like yelling at a child and like, you're like, why did you do this this way? And you're yelling and they're just a blank stare because the inner ear is, it turns off, the brain doesn't interpret what you're saying. If you say things to a child's and you know we are just big children. We're just we're all the same. You Say things to anyone with a soft voice, with an understanding, slower words. We're undeniably going to hear hear you better. So I would say working on how you how you tell people what you're feeling is is a huge um, is a huge thing. And and first, I mean, you got to be willing to tell it first. So even before how you're telling it is is being willing to have those conversations and not many people are ready for that it's you know that's what these tools are here to help you to help you get to is to be ready to have those conversations and how to best have them
1: this guide sounds great for anyone yeah (laughs) everybody needs everybody needs to be reminded of that
0: yeah totally beautiful yeah um and then nature i'm like i'm i i think i totally agree that like that's number two but I think that maybe a lot of people might be like that's number two for like the the stress guide and like what I guess like you were telling me some interesting things about just like the nature and the essential oils too that like I didn't even know so I would like to hear about that too.
2: Yeah nature is is one of the tools we have active on in the toolkit right now and um you know, again, it's it's true for anyone. Spending time outside is really important. Um, it's our natural habitat. We are so much more. I mean, there's just been so many studies done. Oh my God, about like what it can do for your brain and your focus. And what I find really important for people with chronic illnesses and why nature is that much more important. Once again, is because being outside boosts your immune system. And as people living with um, any assortment of conditions, especially immunity compromising conditions, um, we can strengthen our immune system by just spending time in nature. And how amazing is that? Like, um, and And not only does it boost your immune system, but it keeps your immune system boosted for like 30 days or some crazy statistic afterwards of just you know, going, you know, the best thing you can do is to go earthing, like take your shoes off and walk in the grass, really make tactile content with the earth as much as possible. I mean, in an ideal world, would we all wake up and take our shoes off and run across a prairie or like across the sandy beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be really nice But any opportunity we get to, you know, like just uh, sometimes I'll just walk around and like take my hand and place it on tree bark, like just soak up, like, what is actually, you know, gifts. What a gift. It's there for us. Everywhere we look, we can find some, even if you're in a city, you can find some nature. So, um, yeah, the benefits are pretty outstanding. (laughs) It's so funny. I've been, um,
0: doing, I guess like a little bit before the new year, but I will go outside because my dog has been going to the bathroom in the house. This is what spurred it. And so I'm like, I need to go. He has a dog door, but I'm like, I need to go outside with him because it's cold and he won't go outside unless I like go with him. So I go outside with him like in the morning and I've just, termed it now I'm like I go talk to the trees like I just kind of wander around like my yard like we don't live in a place where I would like walk my dog on a leash like he can just go and so I just like kind of wander around the yard and like look at the trees and appreciate the view and touch the trees I can't walk with my bare feet but um because it's cold but (laughs) but yeah like touch them and it seriously has like brought so much more um peace to my day. Like I just start my day less frantic and it's not even, you know, maybe 10 minutes, like maybe less even. So yeah, it's awesome.
1: I love that you said that because my dog is just, has all the energy. So I've been like (laughs) making a point to go out with him and yeah. i've and I also live in a cold place, so all those people out there who are like, "Well, oh, it's cold here, <laughs> yeah. I go and make snow angels, like I just like let him roam, same thing. I live in the middle of nowhere, so it's like you go, and then I'm just over here just in my <laughs> snow suit, yeah. making snow angels, and it feels so grounding and so good
2: yeah. yeah that's you know actually it's another term they use for earthing is is grounding is just because you really are making that connection it's like. What, what you know I mean I recommend anybody like look it up because there's people like really spending time outside does this but it's true our our like it's like our electromagnetic currency of our human body has a different frequency than the earth and we we need to create balance as we do with anything in life so going and balancing that currency by making that contact with the earth literally brings our, our all the parts of our body on a cellular level back to back to center. So true. So true.
0: Um that's so great. So I would love for you to tell people how they can find you like what social media but also website that kind of stuff and anything else you want to like highlight as far as what your offerings are.
2: Sure. Um I'm most likely to be found on Instagram. My, my Instagram name is just my whole name, Martel, and that's spelled with one L, um, Catalano. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on a week long social media break right now, but I am really active on Instagram and that's probably where I talk the most about my experience with chronic illness. And I'm super real on there about, um when I'm going through times that are not so fun with it. And it's just a way that I've um, allowed myself to become more vulnerable and to share my story um in the best possible way. Because it's it's visual, it's 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 words, all of the above. But um also Beyond My Battle is on Instagram. So yeah, you can find us there at just Beyond My Battle. Um Beyond My Battle is online at beyondmybattle.org and I have a personal website where people can email me, um, you know, read more about me in my bio and I do a lot of speaking engagements um, which I can be contacted there. My website is just martelcatalano.com. Beautiful. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for Blessing us with this wisdom, and um, and I'm glad that this is our first episode back. I think it's going to be great. You mm-hmm. speak very like confidently and clearly about this, and it's a and it's a big subject, and so we're just super grateful.
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Me too. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Martel. Now that the fun is over, we wanted to take a moment to drop some gratitude for lending us your ears. For more on Clara, head over to Instagram and check her out at. Revolutionary lifestyle. For more on me, go to Instagram and check out me at Kylie Seifert underscore Tyfit.